Welcome to the Love Fly podcast. It's Paul Tizard, Fear of Flying Coach. And today's guest is Caroline Rushforth, who's going to be talking about wing wave coaching, which you've never heard of. It's a really useful technique for anxieties generally, but I am particularly interested in how it help you lovely humans who have a fear of flying. So welcome, Caroline. Thank you for having me paul oh thank you so much for giving your time so i was so i came across caroline because i was looking at some research around is coaching used for fear of flying and there isn't much out there but there was some for wing wave coaching came up and i thought oh that's interesting you know and it was it was done a few years ago in germany i think so it was a german bit but you'll be obviously familiar with all the research but and I just thought, I've never heard of that. And obviously, as a trained coach, I was intrigued, contacted Caroline and said, what's this stuff you're doing? And it looks really interesting. And you've kindly agreed to come and join us. So t- tell us a little bit about yourself, wing wave coaching or anything, really. Oh, thank you. Uh, well, I got into so I'm a freedom from anxiety expert that's my general kind of area Um, and then obviously within that are the stress overwhelm and I also work actually with emotional eaters as well but generally I came across wing wave due to my own personal journey in the emotional eating area where I had literally tried so many different methods and techniques Mm. to help with what was quite an overwhelming and uncontrollable desire yeah, yeah. or anyway I can describe it like a feeling like a kind of overwhelming feeling that just didn't seem to ever leave mm. and although I would do all the kind of conscious stuff and cut stuff down and exercise and go on diets there was just still this urge you know it's, it's, it's like a it's like that addiction feeling you get you know yeah. it's like it just overwhelms you so I used to be on the committee of the NLP group in Brighton and we used to invite people to come in and do talks and somebody came in and did a talk and I used to just sign up for everything, you know, whenever <laughs> there was like a discount or a freebie or just an opportunity to yeah. experience something new, I was there, you know, because yeah. yeah. uh, even though I had had uh, many attempts to try and get on top of it, I just was finding 15 years mm. later nothing was working. So I went for, I think I ended up having two sessions out of three and I just could not believe the difference in wow. the urges and the cravings. Um, and I thought, oh, my goodness. I was an NLP coach anyway. That was kind of like my title at the time. And I was working mainly in the area of kind of life coaching. Sure. And so I decided to then uh, help more people, you know, with, it, with, with Wing Wave. Well, first of all, I wanted to go and train in it. So mm. Cora, lovely Cora, came over from Germany who created Wing Wave. And we did a training and um, I absolutely loved it. And it was so profound because there were things in this training that I thought I dealt with years ago. I'd been to see a counsellor. I've had NLP. I had hypnotherapy, you know, (laughs) I dealt with my stuff, but oh no, out it all came. And I just felt amazing afterwards. So I was really, really excited to train in it. It was at that training as well. There is a video of me having something called chocolate coaching, which is basically going through removing cravings for chocolate and also, well, the craving, but also the volume 
of of chocolate so mm. so that was all really exciting and then I just went out and I thought right I just need to get really good at this and I just practiced 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 and then within about three years I think two mm. to three years I then decided well I would love to train in this there was no trainer in the UK so I put myself forward stretch my comfort zone and uh, that was back in 2014 I think so yeah that's that's what that's oh, wow. kind of what led me to it so you're, are you the only one that runs training in the UK for it? In the UK and Ireland now. We have uh, our first Irish wing wave coach and very, I would love to go over to Ireland to do some wing wave training. So if there's anyone listening, <laughs> as long as there's enough people. Yeah, but yeah, it, it's, it's UK and Ireland now. And we have a, a coach in Scotland as well. Amazing. And I guess if people want your help, they could come to you, you know, if they, even if they're, because we get people listening all over the world on the podcast, which is fantastic, yeah. but they could access you virtually, I'm assuming as well, that, that work okay over the old Zoom and... It does, TV. it yes. does. Um, in the classic year of 2020 that will mm. never be forgotten, we had to, you know, transfer to online and so Cora put on a special training and brilliant actually, because yes, we can reach people internationally now. And also people come from all over to train in Wingwave too. In fact, it's probably more of an international technique than it has been in the UK. Anyone who would like to train in English pretty much. And then there are obviously other trainers in mm. other countries if that is uh, their mother tongue. But I'm based in the southeast but of the UK, but I cover everywhere. And of course, you know, people sort of choose who, who they feel more drawn to. And yeah, it, it's amazing to be able to reach people far and wide. Yeah. So I'm curious. One of the things that I've, full disclosure, I contacted Carol and I said, right, when do you do training? Because I want to learn about this thing. Uh, it's, I am a bit of a learning junkie like yourself. I, you know, I've always, if I see something, I think oh, I'm going to go and do that. Sometimes I've learned a few things which have been a bit goofy. Uh, I'm not putting wing wave in that category, by the way, but mm-hmm. I've just, there are other things I've learned. I just thought, mm, I'm not so sure about that. But the proviso I've always said, if it helps somebody and they find it useful, then what? who am I to knock it? But I do prefer things which have a little bit more evidence base, which it looks like the wing wave approach does. So perhaps tell us a little bit about how it works and how it might help nervous flyers. Yeah, definitely. And and on that, you know, people, what I've noticed, have literally been willing, willing to travel far and wide for it and actually the most recent coach who trained in Ireland was originally in a client about whenever it was I trained it seven or eight years ago she was one of my first ever clients that I did the actual technique around emotional eating and she had such amazing results she's now become a coach and that was last year brilliant Um, so yeah so first of all like the face-to-face version which is you know the most evidence-based and the most powerful Mm. um, although people still get amazing results but yeah the the face-to-face version does involve muscle testing And it's working with the thumb and finger to basically act as a compass to navigate into subconscious stress triggers. So we'll try and break this down so people understand. It's a lot to take in. But (laughs) when we so if I said to you now, think of a person or a food that you really love. Am I doing this for real? Yeah, how do you right. everyone? Everyone is listening. All right, okay. If you're driving, obviously do this carefully. Yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah, okay. You yeah. don't have to say, you don't have to say. Okay, so think of a food I love, okay. Uh, Connect with your body, yeah. Yep, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. 
So thinking of that food and just notice how that feels in your body. Yeah. How does mm. it feel? Good. Yeah. 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 Like some of it. Yes. They've got me thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So now I'd like you to either think of a food you dislike or a person who frustrates you or annoys you or you don't like. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. So how's that feel in your body? Uh, it's yeah, so a completely different feeling in a similar area, but a different, different feeling. Yeah. I had to, I had to think then whether I was doing food or person I didn't like. So I think, I think I did food in the end. I wasn't sure if it was a strong enough. Does it have to be a strong connection to do this or did it just so a connection? It's just to give uh, people a sort of way of connecting to their body you know we're so disconnected from our bodies we never really know what we feel you know a mm. lot of people kind of learn to suppress emotion shut down emotion but also the signals from the body but generally when we think a negative thought or a negative memory or a person we don't know a situation the body will feel weak there will be a heaviness mm. or there will be a stress or a discomfort yeah. or a nausea or something like that yeah. When we think of someone we like or a fond memory, you know, maybe you can imagine now the time you were on holiday, you were bathing on the beach and the sea and the sun was glistening down and the water was just beautiful. And so that just creates a completely different feeling in the body. Mm. So when you actually muscle test those feelings, yes. you will basically, and this is scientifically researched, that if you create an O-ring, or it can be done with the arm out as well, we use O-ring in wing wave. When you think of a happy, positive thought or feeling, the body will feel strong. And when you think of something negative or a negative situation or a, a sadness or a loneliness or an anger, the body will go weak. So that's how we're able to navigate with using muscle testing. So what this is good for is for people who don't really quite know why they have a phobia. Mm. or why they have anxiety because everything is just kind of stored in the subconscious mind you know if we we couldn't we we can't physically carry everything in our conscious mind so the subconscious mind does a really good job of yes. unprocessed emotions or stress and traumas or stress stress triggers will just literally get shoved to the back of the mind mm. and it stays there unprocessed if there hasn't been a decent night's sleep or if the trauma or stress or memory has been too big yes. to process. So you could liken that to sending an email attachment that's too big. Like your photos from that wonderful holiday you went on. Yeah, you send them around to the family. Oh, how, how, how people just love to see our holiday snaps. But you send the email and the email just kind of keeps turning around, around, mm. around, around. It doesn't go anywhere. It gets stuck in the outbox. And that's very much how the mind works. Yeah. What we're able to do in wing waves, we're able to muscle test the most intense time that a situation or feeling was felt. So if someone has a lot of anger or sadness, that will be linked to a, a more intense time of sadness. Right. Right. But it just did. It comes out, you know, so 
for instance, people who feel quite emotional. So people who perhaps have anger outbursts or feel emotional or have depression or mm. breakdowns. It's a buildup of like unprocessed emotion. Right. It has nowhere to go. It's like if you imagine filling up a bucket of water and leaving the tap on and then trying to shove a lid on it, that the water will just go everywhere. It will just explode. And that's what, what we're doing with our emotions when they're not processed. So the muscle test is able to take us to the, these intense times. And then we do something called bilateral brain hemisphere stimulation, which is the same as rapid eye movement. Well, hang on, I say it again. What, what, bilateral, what? what? <laughs> it's called bilateral. So this, this is a technical side. Yeah, yeah, it is. Bilateral. Yeah, got it. Brain hemisphere stimulation. Ah. So, so a little bit like emdr type exactly it is it's what we do in our sleep this is what i absolutely love about wing wave is we're just totally working with the nature of the body and we in our sleep every night have rapid eye movement if we're sleeping well if we're looking after ourselves if we've had a pretty typical day however throughout the day we can have what we call like mini stresses right yes mini emotional stresses so that could be if you imagine stopping your toe or pricking your finger or, I don't know, trapping your finger in the drawer, yeah, or a paper cut. Those are kind of like mini physical stresses that the body will heal eventually in a few days. Hmm. And it's the same with our emotions. So every night we get these kind of mini stress triggers that happen. It could be a difficult conversation with someone. It could be someone's not replied to our email that was really important. It could be working in an environment that we don't enjoy and we have an irritating manager or direct report, or it could just be somebody knocking into us in the supermarket. Yes. You know, on a typical night's sleep, we would just process that. And what happens is the, the left hemisphere of the brain and the right hemisphere of the brain will harmonize. Mm -hmm. Then naturally, when, when brain hemispheres are harmonizing, they're problem solving, rationalizing. Yes. And you wake up the next day and you're like, oh, what was I worried about? <laughs> oh, that silly person that bumped into me in the supermarket. Yeah. Oh, I can't believe I got so stressed about that. And then you just get on with the rest of the mm. day. And that's what we should be doing in our kind of natural sleep environment or sleep situation. But life happens and situations happen to us. And sometimes we can feel helpless to those situations or we can feel stuck with them or very, very, very rejected, let down, angry, trauma. You know, that's something that just comes with a shock, comes with a bang grief you know people suddenly passing away that we weren't expecting it's mm. it's those types of things but the very small so so i'm kind of going i'm kind of aware i'm talking a lot is this okay that's it's a <laughs> podcast that's that's the the brief you talk people so listen very typically uh, when we're children we have much smaller minds so we're not able to process as easily so this is the other this is the other mm. thing we then have to deal with as we go into adulthood when we had an embarrassing situation as a child or we felt rejected and everyone's felt rejected as a child at some point mm. um, but it just depends on how as a child we deal with that rejection and generally children don't really know how to uh, work with their emotions and the brain the mind is much smaller so stresses and traumas they don't get processed as easily so this is why we then take them into adulthood so often there will be a bit of a visitation the muscle test will take us to a time in our childhood that was stressful right 
but it could be something as small as so let's just say that someone had was um had a fear of public speaking which is a very 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 common fear or fear of flying thank you (laughs) (laughs) we're back on topic so let's just say someone had a fear of flying and when they were, you know, as an adult, like, you know, this doesn't make sense. Like, I don't understand. I've been, I went on plenty of aeroplane journeys mm. when I was younger. And then through muscle testing, you can find out when the most intense emotion was felt that's similar to fear of flying. And actually, I've, I did actually work with a client on fear of flying once, one that's quite memorable. And he, it was, it was so, it was so detrimental to him or debilitating because his, his girlfriend at the time wanted to go on holidays and take flights and things. And they always had to make sure that it was somewhere they could drive to. So that would be Mm -hmm. getting the boat, driving, you know, that kind of thing. And actually through muscle testing, what we discovered was actually related to a time where he was zip wiring down from a great height to, to the other side. Yeah. And that was enough that it created a stress. Right. The mind doesn't know the difference between what's real and what's imaginary. It doesn't really care whether you're in an airplane or on a zip wire or standing at the top of a cliff. It's the same feeling that's happening. That's that's Mm. kind of being triggered in the body. So the mind's then right. This is dangerous. We need to take you away from this and it will kick in to try and protect, you know, fight, fight, flee, freeze. So through muscle testing, we were able to really, you know, we worked, he went on, um, I think it was like, uh, what's it, uh, you know, when they, uh, there's a particular company that do this, but you go on like these adventure things and you kind of like monkey climbing on, like adventure sports, you know, kind of going through trees at a great height and that kind of thing. He was just, he he basically had a very nervous experience around uh, going down the zip wire. So we were able to go in through muscle testing. Now he wouldn't have come to me and sat down in, in my practice room and said, oh, I've got a fear of flying. And I think that it was to do with the time where I went down a zip wire. No. Yeah. So that's what that's what's so amazing about the muscle testing is it can take us to that time where it was felt most intense. Now, that's the more sort of face-to-face version. Online version, what I generally tend to do is more kind of working with verbal questioning, using feeling and emotion and using measuring scales to sort of connect with that. And generally, you know, people have amazing results, but there will just be one or two occasions. I'll say to your client that if you can come and see me for a face to face, even if it's just one session, yes, that we can really make sure that we've got to, you know, that mm. time. And so usually they're like, yeah, I'm there. I had I've had clients come from all over, and it, it just isn't isn't you know they're, they're so intent on getting things sorted. So yeah, I mean, people will. I mean, I've got. Sus- Somebody hopefully is going to be coming over. I run a number of one to ones. As you know, I've got somebody coming over from the states Amazing. to do a course in the UK yeah. because that's what works for them. But so, so when you've identified, you know, the the trigger, the stressor, or whatever it is, without obviously giving away the shop, how does it? Then how does it work? What, what how do you make it go away? Well, and that's a really technical question. How do you make it go away? How do you make the fear of flying become yeah. a love of flying? Yeah. 
or or just an acceptance or a neutrality I, I mm. often say that to clients you know we never want to get someone from going to fear into actual you know love it's sometimes it's just a neutrality it, it's yeah a, and that's enough for some isn't it yeah you know it's like when I think about that I don't feel emotionally triggered that's the point we want to get to clients too yeah you know? when I think of that memory it's not an emotional recollection mm. now it's like I can deal with it I can problem solve so how does that work when we are so so again it's through rapid eye movement but when we're working with brain hemispheres if sometimes when we go through stress and i'm sort of showing my hands here but i know yes. no one can see me but if you imagine the right and left brain hemispheres okay on a level yes and they're they're there and, and they're communicating with one another through neurons and neurotransmitters and synapses yeah mm-hmm. But when we go through stress or when something happens, it's quite shocking or something that causes us to feel angry or sad. And it's a really it's really affected us. The we can either become too overly emotional about it, which means the right brain is kicking in and overworking itself. And, yeah. you know, oh, God, you know, that really upset me. And that's that's why some people are more emotional. But then you have the other people who are overanalyzers mm. yeah? and they'll just analyze and analyze and analyze. And that's because the brain hemispheres are kind of, I call it being knocked out of sync. They're not communicating properly. Through rapid eye movement, through bilateral brain hemisphere stimulation, it brings the brain hemispheres together so that they're harmonizing and communicating again with a balance of both logic and emotion, Mm. making sense of it, and then problem solving and rationalizing. Got it. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Yes, it's it's probably a leap of faith for people who have maybe not considered this. So quite a lot of people that come through either Facebook, you know, the Love Fly Facebook group or through the website and Love Fly, I'll plug it, lovefly.co.uk. They play us, they come through, ask questions and stuff. They, They will tend to say, I've got this. This is what I've got. What do you recommend I do? And up until now, I've always just said what I know, which mm. is why I was so intrigued by what you do. Because I, I was thinking, oh, this sounds like, when I looked at it, I think well, you've got coaching. I can see, this, it looks like there's some, some of the bits, which is around EMDR, which is very rigorous and yeah. evidence-based and recommended by the NHS. So that's, you've got some CBT stuff in there, which is also really strongly evidence-based as well. Yeah. And then I was thinking there might be a bit of NLP in there, which is, the bits where people are less comfortable with but i think you've got enough going with those first three so to be honest nlp and cbt are kind of one and the same thing and actually emdr originated from nlp i don't know if people know that but no yeah. i knew that yeah yeah you would because you're you're in the you're in the what's the word circle of trust in the no. well, <laughs> you're in it you're yeah, in it's, the... they do acknowledge shapiro does acknowledge that there was a link to that oh, but it's of they've just taken off i think the, the challenge for nlp and the, the thing i don't get me wrong I'm, I'm a trained practitioner as well but obviously not to your level i i do i like it because they take the thing that when richard bandler i saw him up on the stage and he said you know what there's loads of these books out there that talk about nlp he said i have no idea what's in any of them he said but it comes down to some basic stuff is it you look at what's working for somebody or not yeah. And you try and get them to do more of the stuff that's working. And if they can't work it out, you ask somebody else and go, well, how do you do it? And you help them to re, re change to change their process. You know, what's your pro? How do you get scared of flying? And I've always thought that. So when I used to help nervous flyers, I used to say to them, 
how do you know when to be scared? How do you know when to be claustrophobic? Because it's not the same for everybody. Exactly. What's your process? And I, so I, I, that's why I was drawn to the wing waves. I thought, oh, there might be, there might actually give me some extra tools here. Oh, absolutely. And the thing also is we, as our, our mind, is really just a, a program, you know, a computer that we train to think a certain way. But it is defined by what happens to us, by our beliefs, by our values, by our experiences. But we, the good news is, is that we can reprogram it. We can unlearn unhelpful mm. habits, unhelpful behaviours. I searched and searched and searched for so many years to find something that would help with, you know, my original topic, which is emotionally, which I know a lot of people can relate to. And I just there were just times where I just felt helpless. I felt disappointed. I thought, am I going to be the last person on this earth that's going to ever be able to, you know, overcome this or to, to just feel different, you know, mm. to not come home and want to desperately gouge on chocolate, you know? Yeah. And, and I just never gave up. I think that's the thing. Anyone who's listening to this, you're not stuck with something forever. You know, you can change. And yes, stuff happens to us you know we've all had challenges we've all had mm. stuff happen that is what defines who we are and that's where we can bring the best version of ourselves to the world because we can be an inspiration yeah but there is always a way out and what the yeah, the program can be the program the minds can be reprogrammed um that's what i love about it and so you know, if you do find yourself kind of playing the same old program, which is, you know, negative thinking and self-doubt or worry. The other thing with things like phobias is it, it, it means that people can lose their self-esteem, you know, that they mm. feel helpless to it. It's like, I just yes. don't know what this is. And so that can really knock people's confidence. Yeah. But it, it can absolutely be changed and um, never, ever give up is one of my favourite taglines. Love that. Well, so how long, I mean, you probably have seen, it sounds like you've seen a range of anxieties, phobias, etc. What's the sort of typical number of sessions that people need? I mean, I know it's a bit like how long is a piece of string, but in your experience, what would you say is the general rule here? Yeah, it is a bit how long is a piece of string, because obviously it's all down to when I've spoken to the person and had the consultation. But I would say it can be done easily between my programs range between three, six or nine sessions. I do, okay. do unlimited sessions for six months for some people who just really need support on a more regular basis. But you people will start to know, certainly with Ringwave anyway, people start to notice the change within one to three sessions. And so that's when someone's able to to know if if Wingwave is really working for them. Mm. And so, you know, I can't sit here and promise that it will work, although, you know, I find it very hard to <laughs> to not say that because everyone I've worked with, you know, I've been, seen people's life change in 45 minutes. I have I used to go to my hairdressers and she used to put fours in my hair. And she had a situation with grief and she said, I just can't seem to move past this. And just as the colour was taking on my hair, I said, look, let's do a little bit of wing wave. And within 45 minutes, we cleared it. Now, that's an example of, you know, sounds good, too good to be true. But honestly, I've seen that happen so many times. Now, then there is the more kind of deeper topics. People who have got long term anxiety, panic attacks or people who have had phobias 
with phobias though you know like i've seen them change like with literally one to three sessions it depends if there's anything else around that particular mm. phobia and i think with the guy that i worked with the, the case study that i gave you was about six sessions because we sometimes you need to go through sort of some layers it's not just necessarily one thing sometimes it can be a pattern of events so yeah you need to have that time to kind of work with the client but they will start to to notice a change quite quickly that sounds great have you ever found anyone you couldn't help or have you turned down people i can answer those uh, those both those questions yes i have turned down people i will only work with people who i feel comfortable with and people who are committed to wanting to make a change you can't you know it's like sometimes i get parents kind of bringing their children but the child doesn't want the help. Yeah, mm. twelve-year-old boy or girl. They've been the, the parent obviously knows that it would help them, but the child doesn't want the help. You can't work with people who don't want the help. So that is all to do with placebo. You've got to be open. You've got to have your mind open and be yes. ready for change yeah. and be open to change for the change to take place. Mm. But that answers that question. What was the other one? Has um, it not worked for anybody? Yeah. I would say in the area of people, there are a couple of people who were medical, had medical issues. So yeah, that that can sometimes kind of be be where a line is drawn. It's like actually this is this is a medical situation, and so there needs to be uh, additional support to that. Generally, with wing wave, it's people are generally of a sound mind that's kind of what I tell my coaches you know you you have to be of a sound mind people who have for instance personality disorders can be worked with but the coach would need to work with the psychologist as well so you wouldn't just you know rock up and work with them there Mm. would be a team supporting that person yeah but that like I say that's kind of it's also about who do you feel comfortable with working as well so when I train coaches it's like try not to try and fix everyone just fix Mm. you know try and just work with the people in in the areas that you feel most comfortable with so someone might train in wing wave and they're working in the area of you know sort of typical life coaching or anger management but perhaps a child is brought to them and that is you know potentially beyond their experience and so that's when you then would refer to someone who who does know how to help a child yeah well that, that yeah that sounds really sensible well i like the sound of it i'm, I'm certainly gonna look forward to my do i've got to get this masters out of the way <laughs> she's only got three more months to go and then i'll be tapping on your door to learn about wing wave coaching so as a last bit of advice people somebody's listening to this and they're thinking i've tried everything else i'm the worst case you can possibly help or not help what would you recommend they did well first of all i would say it's a limiting belief <laughs> <laughs> and then they'd smack you and yeah then... <laughs> no, anything is possible uh, when you hear yourself say that just know that that's a limiting belief you know sometimes mm. we can be the worst to stand in our own way i work a lot with perfectionists in my area is anxiety people raise the bar to unachievable levels and that is really just because they're trying to fulfill a satisfied parent or a satisfied other something else and whoever has been you know around them but you know sometimes we can set ourselves such unachievable goals and the most important thing and the best thing to do is to break those goals down into more realistic outcomes the mind likes to feel like it's making progress 
So if your goals, it's good to have vision and it's good to, to think long-term, but also bring it back down and think, okay, what's the first step that I can take that's going to help me towards that? Where do I want to be in three months time, six months time? And then, you know, that'll take you towards your overall goal, but listen to the limiting beliefs and just know that those beliefs are there and they all have a positive intention. All of our beliefs, all of our emotions, they all have a positive intention and they need to be heard you know it's, it's parts of us that are trying to communicate so embrace those qualities embrace those emotions and just never give up nice that's a nice way to end but we need one more thing for you okay you need to, you need to plug how people can contact you because <laughs> i think it sounds like it could be an interesting thing for people somebody who's perhaps not considered this or would like to try something different they might be drawn to this. So tell how, how do they get hold of you? Well, my website is www.carolinerushforth.com and that's Caroline I-N-E. So www.carolinerushforth.com. My email is caroline at carolinerushforth.com. My number is 07-881-998816. Awesome. How's that? That's great, yeah. Well, hopefully you'll get some interest from this because it does sound very it does sound really interesting it sounds like a kind of a novel way of fusing some good stuff together in, in, a, in a different way of approaching it what I love about it is it, it just works beautifully with other techniques you know it's not just one isolated thing although to be honest I I am kind of you know wing waves like my thing you know there isn't mm. anything else out there that I think would beat it in my personal opinion but I may be biased uh, but it works beautifully with other methods and other techniques you know like um, there's so many I have I get all coaches and therapists from doing you know all sorts of things and it's just a it's a tool you know it's another yeah. tool that can be used and yeah I hold trainings about three times a year normally so I'm in October on the 19th 20th and 21st of October and then obviously I will have dates for next year as well. But generally it's kind of a winter, mid-year and then end sort of yeah. training dates. And I would, you know, I'm, I'm happy to hear from anyone really, if, even if it's just a question or, right. um, you know, a little, little boost or something. Caroline, that was awesome. Really interesting as well. Something I haven't heard about before. So I found that fascinating. So thank you so much for your time. Very grateful for that. And uh, Hopefully you'll get some contact as well and you'll be able to do some of your wing wave magic with them. Yeah. Is that the right phrase? Wing wave magic. Wing wave magic and so much more than that. <laughs> Let's hope. <laughs> oh, Thank thanks you. for having me. It's been a it's been a pleasure. I always love to talk about wing wave and you know, it would be great when when the time is right for you. Yeah, it'd be great to to work with you on the training side. So brilliant. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.